Have you ever been a caregiver where you're giving day in and day out, it seems like 24 seven, or do you know someone who is, who is just giving, giving, giving all the time? If that is you, please stay tuned for today's episode. We're going to talk about caregiving at different stages of life, what that looks like and what you can do to take care of yourself while you're constantly giving. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Thank you for joining us today on American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. I am your host, Deanne Taylor, and co-host is... Tamara Anderson. We're so happy you're with us today. Tamara, it's been a while since we've had a chance to do this together, so I am thrilled that we have another time to work together. It's always a pleasure. Today we have a very special guest, Sharon Lano. Sharon is the oldest of 11 children. She has always had a great imagination, but her writing was not of stories. It was in poetry. She had many pages of pouring out emotions of love, nights, anger, bullies. But when her father died, for some reason, she quit writing and threw all of her poetry away. Why? Well, she says, I don't know why, but we all do some dumb things in our lives. In her working days, her writing consisted of reports, grant writing, and travel journals of the many countries and states she and her family visited. The desire to write again began when she retired as a snowbird in Texas because she wanted to write. Joining various writer groups helped her focus her work towards writing children's books. Five years later, her dear husband became blind and the stories were packed away to a room for a new adventure full of trials, love, and joy. Florida became her winter home the last three years as full-time residents. Days are filled with volunteering at church, creating jewelry as an amateur silversmith, and writing. Now a widow, she has unpacked the stories and is rewriting them again with a vengeance. And her stories are delightful for children. I need to let you know, look up Sharon Lano. Especially scaredy. It's your first one out there, isn't it? Yes. Thank you very much. It is. Okay. A little plug for you, Sharon. (laughs) Our podcast today is about caregiving. There's so many aspects of caregiving, how you take care of people and the impact it has on you yourself. Would you like to share your story with us, please? Okay. I will. I'll share it this way because I think this is most important in how to handle caregiving. My husband and I loved each other very much and I miss him to this day. And being a caregiver for 17 years was not easy because in the beginning I was a princess. I mean, he did everything, everything. And I had to learn a lot of new things. Learning to pump gas was easy, but the hardest part was working with our accounts, which I never did before, billing, 
I can remember I would put bills <laughs> in envelopes that had the window and I put it in backwards. It's a good thing I always had a return address. I mean, just <laughs> stupid things that I did. I can remember how my husband wanted me to do our accounts his way, but he's right-handed and a man and I'm left-handed and a woman. So I had to come up with my own ways. So in the beginning, it wasn't easy, but I feel that number one, we prepared ourselves when we knew he was going to be blind. He went to a school for the blind that was local to teach him how to eat and how to dress. And when he was totally blind, he was able to do that very, very well without any help or any encouragement. He also got a leader dog before he was completely blind so that he could learn to work with the dog. So I really feel that when you are going to be a caregiver, if you have a chance, you should prepare yourself, whether it's by taking action or going on Google and searching the problem that the person has that you're going to take care of. The other thing that I learned to do is to develop my environment as peaceful and calm and to get rid of clutter, to get rid of a distraction. And that really helped a lot. We also learned, he and I both, to have a pity party once in a while and to make it short. But once it was over, it was over. The other thing that we did was to pray and call for strength from God. And that is where I feel that we had that peace and joy. And that came from God. Now, none of this is easy. None of this is done overnight. And I had 17 years to learn, and so did he. And so when we get discouraged, and even when we cry out to God for help, and it seems like he's not helping us, there are times when we just have to learn to grow in our own strength. I have two verses that are very important to me. Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, that peace did not come right away. It's God, I, I feel, with the trials that we have, teaches us um, patience, teaches us to rely on him. And it's a reminder of the trials that Jesus had when he was on earth. I mean, here he was a supreme being in all his glory, and he came to earth and he was spat upon, he was ridiculed and mocked. And I mean, I did not have those things with Will, but I still had trials. And so I was trying to learn the patience of Jesus. And then the Bible also says we're to have joy. And I know that people will say, well, how can your husband have joy when he's blind? And how can you have joy when you're caring for him and learning to do all this stuff? I, just to back up a little, I, I had to learn not only to drive, 
I had to learn all these computer gadgets that he loved because there's a lot for the blind. And I did not realize it until now that all that training I'm using now that I can learn all these computer programs very easily. Not easily, but I learned them anyway. <laughs> but God was training me even then for today. But we did find joy in a lot of situations. The other verses I have are James 1, 2, and 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish this work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I'm still maturing, <laughs> but I'm not complete. But I do understand the joy in trials. My husband was able to keep his humor. I remember one time we were shopping. So I always found a place for him to sit and wait while I went and looked for certain things. And when I came back, he goes, you know, some lady wanted to take Lily. I said, oh, what did you say? He said, well, I said she could ha have Lily. This is his seeing eye dog as long as she took me. <laughs> and I said, well, what was her response? And she said, no way. And she walked off. <laughs> How rude. And he starts laughing. And he said, well, I just made the whole thing up. I was a little bored waiting for you. <laughs> and so we had many moments of joy. And I cling to those. Mm. Yeah, I bet you do. Isn't it interesting that we all have, and I was talking to Deanne about this, when we hatched the idea of doing a podcast about caregiving is that we, each of us, Deanne, Sharon, and I have done caregiving in different capacities. Deanne was able to be a caregiver for, was it your mother, mother-in-law? My mother-in-law. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then Sharon with her husband and then me with my sons on the autism spectrum and they're now adults. And so the caregiving continues in a different capacity from when they were children. And so um, a lot of these things that Sharon has been talking about have totally been resonating with me that you can find joy, but it is really hard and I think one of the keys that I know Sharon and I have talked about before is that it's important to get little breaks from being a caregiver because it is 24 seven all the time, all the time, all the time. And none of us can keep up that high level required for caregiving without breaks. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And in fact, that, that was part of my first point. I forgot to mention it, that in gathering information, you need to get your support groups mm. and you need to develop them if there are none and have your friends understand some of the things you're going through. You also have to take care of yourself. You, you become very important. And I know it sounds selfish, but it's not. If you're not 
feeling well in yourself, how can you help someone else? If you do not love yourself, you cannot love others. I did some very, what maybe others would consider selfish. I made sure that I had time alone. I made sure that I had time to learn the silversmithing, which in the end, Will would read his books and I would listen to them as I worked in my shop. But um, the most selfish thing I did, when he also, toward the end, had to go on dialysis. Mm. And he wanted to do it at home. Oh, And wow. I said, no way. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid of infection. Mm. Well, after he started going to dialysis and everything, Probably six weeks later, he said again, he would like me to do it at home. And I said, well, I said, for two reasons, I am not doing this. I said, number one, I'm afraid of the infection. And number two, you know, that you're there for two hours, three days a week. That is my time alone where I can mm -hmm. go and do what I want. Now, I don't feel that I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And he really finally got it and really understood that I also needed alone time to go out and just shop, mm -hmm. <laughs> just come home and do nothing, whatever. So, yeah, I think that was very important to him. Yeah. Deanne, what did you do to kind of do self-care or get your breaks when you were caring for your mother-in-law? Well, my mother-in-law was with us for 12 years. So she was okay. She was 80 years old when she moved in. She passed away at 92. And she was okay for the beginning. And then the dementia started to set in and it became very difficult. Fortunately, we have an apartment in our basement that we have married children living in. And my sweet daughter-in-law, I got a really do a shout out for Donna because she was very aware of the need. That was at the latter part of my mother-in-law's life. And she was very well aware of the need at that point, especially that I had to take a break and get away because I was fixing the meals. She could still bathe herself, but we needed to be close by. It was family. It was my family that was supportive because I had people close by that could help. And the hardest part is when they start getting, um, well, they're just unkind. They just mm. don't talk kindly all the time. There again, my son was able to be my therapist at that time and help me realize that we are who we believe we are, not what somebody else says we are. Mm. So we need to hold on to who we really are and not accept what other people say about us. And he helped me see that during this time in my life with mm -hmm. my mother-in-law. She's a sweet, dear lady, but she wasn't always kind. Mm. And that was the hardest part, yeah. I think. I didn't mind serving, but I did have family around to make sure I had my breaks and my time. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. You bring that up just this past weekend, our son, Nathan was throwing a tantrum. And I remember by the end of it, I just felt like somebody had taken the energy and just sucked it right out of my soul. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? By the time he was done with that, I was just like, I feel 
completely wiped out. And I think that is an adequate description of a caregiver. Some days it's totally fine. Everything goes smoothly. And then there are moments that can take all that energy that you have carefully taken care of yourself and preserved. And it just, it's gone. It's gone in an instant. And being able to Sometimes like for me, I went and I talked it out with my husband. I was feeling just drained and he gave me a hug and it helped me feel a little bit better, but not everybody has that option. And so I think whether you can call someone or text someone and just be able to talk about it, I think that really helps because they will help buoy you up in those moments when you're like, I don't think I can go on another five minutes. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Totally relate to that. (laughs) I just want to put a statistic out here that the Mayo Clinic and their website says that one in three adults will be caregivers to adults. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't think, well, that'll never happen to me, you need to be aware that it could very possibly, even if it's short term, mm-hmm. it might not be a life. I mean, several years, it could be just short term thinking my niece right now is caring for my sister. She's 89 and she had hip surgery. And it's not going as wonderfully as they expected it to be. They expected the miracles and it was going to be perfect for her. Well, it's only been two weeks, but it's getting to my poor niece because there are things that she has to take care of. She did not anticipate having to do. And I could tell when we communicated last night that it was very difficult for her and she wanted more help than what she was getting. So be aware expectations change. You talked about that earlier, Tamara. Mm -hmm. You talked about expectations. Well, I love your point. Listeners who've been listening to us for quite a while know that you have had to change your perspective because you wanted a normal family. (laughs) Indeed. And I had to change that perspective. It wasn't going to be completely normal, like the rainbows and roses that I envisioned in my mind. But sometimes God kind of gave me the epiphany that it was going to be normal for me. And so that was going to look different than I'd imagined, but it was still going to be normal for me and my family, even though I couldn't compare it to anybody else. And that's okay. I think that's an important point that sometimes you'll have similarities with other families. And in this instance, in caregiving, we'll have similarities, right? But each situation is going to look unique and different. And we'll have to figure out different things that we can do. For example, Sharon picked up silversmithing. I'd always been a reader. So one of my escapes has always been reading. And I use that to this day. If I'm feeling particularly stressed, I revert back to, I'm going to pick up a good book. And with Kindle, that has become so much easier than having to trek to the library or something like that, you know? So I'm thankful for the advances of modern technology. And I also look at the advances in grocery shopping. I would have killed for grocery shopping when my kids were little. I'm not even kidding you, dragging them through the store with tantrums. I think one of my kids fell out of the basket at one point. We lost kids at the store. I mean, it was just awful because I had runners and stuff like that. So the fact that you can order your groceries online and open your trunk of your car and they put them in, holy smokes. So take advantage of technology. Caregiving now is much different than it was years ago, obviously. Yes. And the technology, I've been communicating with one of my daughters-in-law, who's very, very grateful that she can research on the internet, Google anything. Mm -hmm. But I also remind her that 
just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's the best thing in the world. That's true. So <laughs> be wise in what you do and seek counsel where you need to. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sharon, did you have any other points that you wanted to share that you learned about caregiving while you were working with Will? Well, I think the hardest thing is patience Mm. on not only my part, but his part. And I think that the one thing that you must do is forgive yourself when you're not patient. Forgive yourself when you say, I've had it in your pity party. (laughs) (laughs) I like your pity party idea. Let's have one. Let's do it. Then move on. Right. I think that's a great idea. But don't carry that guilt when you get angry. Don't carry it when you are perfect because we're not perfect. We're just learning even at my age. (laughs) Well, and I think you've brought up a really good point about forgiveness. I think we as women seem to be particularly good about carrying guilt around, um, kind of beating ourselves over the head, or maybe it's the adversary steps in and beats us over the head with a, you should have been better. I know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, um, and you're right. We need to forgive ourselves and give ourselves a little more grace, a little more mercy because caregiving is, as you said, particularly hard and weighty, and it's a steep learning curve. It's like trying to push a boulder uphill all by yourself. And so I think it's important, like Sharon and both Deanne commented, it's important to involve others and to bring others into that sphere. So you're not pushing all by yourself because you'll get worn out. I know another statistic, especially when you're dealing with a spouse who has dementia, is that oftentimes the caregiver spouse will end up passing away before their spouse with dementia or something like that because it is so hard on them. So when when I say, and when Sharon says she took time because she needed time for her, this is really critical and important. You have to have you time or you're not going to survive mentally, emotionally, or physically because it is very, very strenuous. Talking about that, they always talk about caregiver burnout. Mm. And you need to be aware of that. Be very, very aware of that probability because it can happen. There's lots of symptoms of caregiver burnout. So just look online. If you're in that situation or you have a friend who's in that situation or a loved one, look at the burnout symptoms on any website. Like I said, the Mayo website is one that I looked at and the Cleveland Clinic. I will put those on our show notes so you can look at those two websites. You can be aware of other caregivers and see if they are experiencing any of these things. Then you can step in and assist, maybe spend a couple hours with the person they're caring for so they can have that time like Sharon had. Sharon, I'm proud of you for doing that. You need to be careful of your role. Don't confuse your roles. You are still a spouse. And when you talk about burnout, it just brought up a thought too that I need to share. And that's if you need respite care. My daughter and her husband were very great about that. I went to a women's retreat for two days and I came back refreshed. And I think when they start feeling they have the symptoms of burnout, ask a friend, ask a family member to give you respite, whether it's to take 
the person you're caring for to their home or them to come into your home. If you get that respite, sometimes it really helps. And it, and maybe it needs to be every month. Mm-hmm. And don't feel guilty about it. Right. <laughs> no, no. I think the person you're caring for, if they could recognize what was going on, they would encourage you to do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you were talking about feeling guilty. If you get upset and frustrated with the person you're caring for, don't feel upset about that either because they're in a situation that they're not used to being in and you're not used for them being in that situation. And it gets confusing in your mind. Exactly. What am I doing? What should I be doing? Mm -hmm. And why are they doing this? Why are they like this? And a lot of times they don't have control over why they're doing this Mm -hmm. and you can't project any guilt on them either. I think if we can be loving and forgiving, which is, really easy to say. And I know having been through it, I know it's really easy to say and it's hard to do. A, yeah. Sometimes you have to step back. Okay. I'm sorry. I should have given her the benefit of the doubt, but we've all been there. Anybody who's given care has been there frustrated at the person you're caring for and upset with ourselves mm-hmm. yeah. and you're not alone. Yeah, you're like every other caregiver. So don't think, oh, this has never happened before. It's never happened to you, but someone understands. Yes. And I think it's really important to reach out, sharing good idea, reach out, get your group of friends. And they do have caregiver groups. Yes. Depending on circumstance. So research that too, if you're in that circumstance. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think another good way to get your emotions out is through journaling. Um, I know that there are some particular journal entries, especially when my kids were younger, that are pretty raw and ugly. I'll be the first to admit. I think that is a good place to vent. If you're like, okay, the people I'm calling aren't answering or texting and not answering, a good place to vent is always on paper. You can shred it. You can burn it afterwards, whatever. But just know that it's important to feel those emotions and not just let them simmer inside because that'll eat you alive, but to get it out. There's lots of ways to get it out. So yeah. if you are a believer in God, praying it out is also a good place to start. Mm-hmm. I know that oftentimes I've been so angry inside and I've had to take it to God and say, this is too much for me. And I don't want to feel this way. This is not who I really am. And so I just kind of have to get it off and give it. <laughs> And he hears you, doesn't he? I know. I love the idea of journaling. And I used to journal a lot. Just don't have time now. (laughs) My only other thought is, I think you touched on this briefly, is if you're not in a caregiver right now, but you are friends with someone who is, just Mm -hmm. keep an eye on them. Maybe text them or call them and say, hey, I know you're in a caregiving situation. If you ever need someone to give you a little bit of relief, please know you can reach out to me and mean it because that means the world to them. And oftentimes we as caregivers are sometimes a little bit stubborn and we might not call you right away. So keep checking on us because you might catch us at a point and we'll be like, yes, I need a break really, really really bad right this minute. (laughs) So just keep tabs on us because it's a heavy load to bear. It really is. I was just one more quote. It's a definition of caregiver burnout. Caregiver burnout is a state of physical, emotional, 
and mental exhaustion. It may be accompanied by a change in attitude from positive and caring to negative and unconcerned. Burnout can occur when caregivers don't get the help they need or if they try to do more than they are able physically or financially. Mm. Financially is a component we didn't talk about. No, it's Because not. depending on what it is, I know the strain it was for my brother when he was caring for his wife who had two types of cancer, lung cancer and breast cancer and the whole family. It was just really, really hard on them. So be aware of all those aspects. Yeah. But there's joy. I love the idea that Sharon brought joy, the joy that you can share with the person you're caring for. and Because they're still a human being. They're still a loved one and need to remember who they are and not just what they're dealing with right now. But remember, mm-hmm. because you have a history with them. Keep, keep laughing. It's important to laugh. It's important to find moments of joy. I remember when I was in the hospital a number of years ago that my husband brought in some VHS tapes, and this is really dating how long ago it was, but um, (laughs) of the three stooges. (laughs) And we sat and watched those. And sometimes that can lift a burden as well. So find things that bring you joy, that help you laugh, that give you relief, whether it's finding a new hobby like Sharon, picking up silversmithing, reading, if that's your escape, audiobooks are great too. But often we find things that we can do while we're caregiving that don't take us out. But it's important to also find activities that you can get away and leave your house for just a little bit because you do come back a better person. Absolutely. Sharon, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Tamara, I certainly enjoyed working with you again today on the podcast. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. On the next podcast, we'll talk about another way that parents can receive help. Have you ever thought about your local library as being a parenting tool? We will be visiting with three mothers with children ages 1 through 21. They will share why they started going to the library, how their children feel about using the library, and other wonderful things that they have found as they have shared the library experience with their children We look forward to having you join us next time on American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom to mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another. Until then, just do your best at mothering and remember you're not alone. 
You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.